0: This is Betsy Foltis-Lyman, and I'm the producer of ConnectaPod. We're here today at the Village Family Services, uh, the drop-in center for homeless youth, where we're in residence for season three of Changing the Narrative. And I'm here with Matthew Contreras.
1: Yes, Contreras. Contreras. Yes. <laughs> Soon to be in yeah.
0: Oh, congratulations. Yep, thanks. So your episode was last week, and uh, with Changing the Narrative, what we're trying to do is to present a more nuanced and accurate reflection of homeless youth rather than the stereotype stereotypes that we often hear.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of those stereotypes are, you know, drug use, uh, getting into trouble, jail, you know, stealing. Like, I feel like there's such a negative connotation around homelessness that we don't put it into perspective.
0: And um, your story last week touched on LGBTQ issues, uh, drug use, imposter syndrome, all those different things. And yours is a little bit different because you never went into homelessness but you use the resources here to stay out of homelessness.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so there are a lot of paths in and out of homelessness for youth and sometimes it's situational sometimes it's you know um, addiction or trauma and sometimes like Philip whose interview you're gonna hear today it's more about a dream he had everything set up but all those things set up fell through but rather than go home he held on to his dream and kept working towards it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's another narrative I think we see a lot that doesn't get talked about enough. These people who are going through these things, they're not necessarily the stories that are happy, right? They're, they're hard stories to hear, and so sometimes people don't want to hear or talk about them, right? So I'm glad we're doing this. <laughs> I'm really glad we're doing this.
0: Yeah. Philip's story is really uplifting. He came here for a dream and he, he you know encountered hardship, but he's worked through all of that. And now he's mm-hmm. doing pretty well, right? Exactly.
1: And, you know, we talk about our youth have to work twice as hard to get out of whatever situation they're in. Because once you get into homelessness, it's hard to get out of it. You know, hard workers. It takes a lot
0: truly and you're going to hear more of those stories from the youth that we have and then the second part of our program you guys are going to create your own stories about whatever it is you want to talk about and uh, so I'm really looking forward to hearing what you're going to cover and I'm not going to spoil that surprise (laughs) (laughs) but right now we're going to listen to uh, Philip Hargro and hear about his story of coming from Indiana and going after a big
1: dream all right let's get to it
0: this is Betsy foldes Myman, and I'm here with Connectapod. We're at the drop-in center in North Hollywood for the Village Family Services. And I'm here with Gail Alvarez. Hi, who, everyone. <laughs> who you heard on, a, on, on several different episodes now. Lupe is back. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're going to be interviewing...
2: Philip. Philip Horgrove.
0: Okay. So we know you through the DIC, right? So you've, you've come through here and you've oh, used yes, the services yes, here? yes, yeah. yes.
2: I've been here. Uh, I've come here since I believe 2016, 2017 one of those and uh, I had like dreams of coming out here and and uh, of course like everybody else being an actor being a dancer and and and, like wanting to aspire to be an artist and somewhere along that line you know uh, lost a lot of money uh, just like everybody else and uh, I've But I had the opportunity to meet good people who helped me out through my situation, uh, which were the people at the Family Center.
0: Where did you come from? Where did you move from? I'm
2: from Indianapolis. Oh, from Indianapolis. Uh Born and raised. (laughs) (laughs) And how old are you now? I'm 25.
0: How do you think people see homelessness in youth? And how do you see yourself in that picture?
2: Well, I feel like I was one of the people that uh, sort of put myself through the situation. It wasn't like I was uh, like forced to be in this situation or anything like that. I wanted to make the sacrifice to come out here and and you know do my dream. So,
0: so when you got here, did you have people to stay with or? Uh,
2: I did. I actually had friends that came from the same city I did. Um, I had my brother, of course. We were both uh, you know aspiring artists. But when I got here, everyone. Ex- besides my brother, everyone had changed up and said that, oh, I don't have space or I don't have this or that. I can't really help you out right now. And uh, I won't lie in that moment because when you don't have it, when you don't have like what you need, you sort of start to blame people and and, like feel like, well, damn, like I came here and y'all were supposed to help me out, but it don't work like that. And uh, I was glad that, uh, I've been through everything that I've been through uh, because uh, had I not, I wouldn't be right here right now telling the story. So. And I was homeless for about at least three to four months. Yeah. So just trying to figure it out. I ended up meeting people out here. They ended up letting me stay on their couch for a few days and things like that. I went to uh, a few shelters, you know, for just like split seconds. Um, I'm a very prideful person so you know I really don't like after that moment I really didn't really ask for any more help because I was like if you if you feel like this you need to just go back home and at some point I did end up doing that Um, I met a few people through the shelters they ended up uh, transitioning into homes and stuff like that and they were like you don't need to be here I will help you out and things like that and I think that like I said I'm a spiritual person I think that me meeting those people was it was supposed to happen that way it was supposed to happen that way so
0: And was your you, you mentioned your brother your brother's older than you?
2: Yeah, he's yeah. older. Than me. Yeah.
0: And where is he now?
2: He lives in Vegas at the moment. Hmm.
0: And so did you go through this with him or were you on your well, own? Well,
2: uh we went through it we went through it together but uh we ended up having our separate uh our separate journeys but we always stayed in contact we always ended up meeting up with each other we always we made money together as well because I used to dance on the trains when like everything when COVID wasn't happening so uh we always broke bread together and stuff like that so it was without him I you know mentally so I wouldn't be uh sane so
0: That was lucky, right? Lucky to have someone like that to keep you solid. For sure, for sure. Wow, and so, so how do your parents take this back home? Are you like well, I didn't.
2: I actually didn't tell my parents for like the until I ended up getting out of the situation, because they would have told me to come back home, and (laughs) I just felt like it was a journey that I needed to do for myself.
0: In, but you're housed now, right?
2: Yes, yes, yeah. I'm housed right And you're
0: now. doing fairly well now, right? What yeah, are you doing yeah, now? yeah.
2: At the moment, I, I just came back from Atlanta. I was doing this pilot for a film or for a, a, a episodic show that hopefully it'll get picked up.
0: So, ah, man. fingers crossed for you. Right. Wow, so you're doing really well then. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: I, I would say so. You know, I would say so. so yeah, I'm that's just great. trying to stay humble and trying to stay uh, level-headed, you know, not trying to get ahead of myself. So.
0: right so do you have an agent now
2: No I don't not yet not yet
0: he doesn't have an agent yet somebody snap him on quick
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> We'll see what we can do about that right, right, um, right okay so how did you get the pilot then
2: uh, I actually it was a I had a family friend back from Indianapolis because I did always did indie films I lived out for Atlant- in Atlanta for some time as well because my parents relocated when I came to Atlanta we shot a, a short film. And then I took a, like, a break, a hiatus, came back out here. And uh, the person that we linked with, he said to me, well, we got this project for you. I'll fly you out. You know, I'll make sure you're good. And we'll, we'll do this. Like, we'll get this done. So that's how it happened.
0: Did you always foresee that you this was just a temporary thing and that you would be moving forward?
2: Right, right. I always, always foresaw it because... Uh, I knew that I had to sacrifice coming here. I knew that and I always had the idea that I wanted to be like a star be like a uh, be a dancer, be an actor you know uh, do YouTube, all types of different things like I always like holding cameras and learning how the lights work and learning how the sound works and editing I love editing. It's just I love the concept of that and I could spend like a whole day, like, without eating, without anything, you know, just doing that.
0: Where, where did you go to school?
2: Uh, my high school, I went to Browruple High School. It was a performing arts school out north in Indianapolis. It's closed down now, but uh, my mother taught there. She was a dance instructor. That's where I honed all of my skills. And then from there, I went to a uh, school called Indiana State. I studied theater for some time and i had a great experience there but i just felt like i partied too much and i just felt like i could have done more hands-on because i was learning a lot but i i felt like i could have did more hands-on so that's why yeah
0: you know so when you talk about humbling that's that's part of it right yeah yeah, yeah for sure yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. you seem to have like uh kept your mental health together in the mm-hmm. sense because you had drive you had mm-hmm. a, a goal that you wanted right? yeah
2: well my parents always drilled into me that I would be something that I would be more than the city that I come from and my mother has always been a hard worker my father has always been a hard worker they're just the type of people that are big dreamers and they put all of their dreams into me so I just felt like like physically so there were different things that I had to maneuver through and stuff like that but mentally so there's nothing that could really stop me you know, besides myself.
0: Right, so. right. So you had to get out of your own way. Because you're, you're making inroads now, right? So how long did it take before you started making some inroads?
2: Uh, well, I say my first gig that I got, because I was dancing a lot on the trains and stuff like that. Uh, I heard that the Ellen Show was having like, uh, they were trying to do like tryouts and see different people on the trains that had talent and stuff like that. And her producers came down. And me and my brother, of course, we were dancing at the time, and we had our own speakers, so we just pulled up to them. We said, "Hey, we're talent. We have we have music right here. We'll just get started, and we'll do it right now." And uh, that turned into us being on uh, on her set and performing. So that was like my first big gig, and from there, that was just like my calling card for every other gig that I'm, you know, that I've been doing. So.
0: And so, how long from when you came here to you hit Ellen?
2: Uh, well, that actually just happened this year uh, in March, you no, know, in February. And but uh, I've been doing like small, smaller things. I've been at different theaters. Uh, I did some things with the Two Cent uh, Production Company. It's on Sunset. I've made like a few short films as well. So up until that moment,
0: <laughs> so, yeah. wow! So that's where you've been really um, committed to oh, yeah. what you've been doing even sure. even when you were struggling was it hard when you were like was there ever a point where you're like what am I doing and like where you'd go home to a shelter and then at night you'd be working at, you know right the right
2: right of of course of course because I there was a, a particular set that I was on and this was when I was like flat on the ground there's a particular set that I was on and it was a mansion nice mansion lady sold pearls for a living she was like on top of the hills, like in Malibu, the beach was right there, and like I was there for the whole day. I was there for a couple of days, and by day I'll be there, and then by night I'll be trying to figure it out. So it's just like, dang, you know, it's all gonna work out. This is all gonna happen. It's it's just it's just a matter of patience. Right.
0: And did the people that that you were working with that were in those situations that were such a such a difference from your situation? Did they know your situation? Oh,
2: no, no. Well, I I never really try to associate my personal life with business just Mm -hmm. because uh, it just because you don't ever want to make people feel like I'm a burden. Like I don't want to make people feel like I'm I'm a burden or that um, I'm less than, you know, because that. That perception can't, unless you know me personally, that perception can be easily, like, seen, you know.
0: You don't want to be perceived as a victim.
2: Right, Right, right. Right, Because I'm not, you know, this is something that I wanted to do. And I know there are some people out there that really are victims. So I don't want to be selfish in saying that I'm in their category because they're really truly going through it. You know, and some people don't have that outlet that I've had. Which I've been, you know, blessed to have. So, yeah.
0: So, like, if you were ever really desperate, you had a safety net, right?
2: Right. Like you right. could always go back. Right. 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 right, right.
0: Mm-hmm. So then, your homelessness was really predicated on not backing down on your dream.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm.
0: Mm. Wow. And what do you think as an actor? Right. I mean, it's. As
2: per, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect to pull from. Like, perfect to channel. You know. Uh, because it's it's a mental stress it's it's something that like you know if I have a role of and I actually did an independent film uh talking about homelessness uh if I had a role like that then I would easily be able to channel that because I'm living it you know so uh and then if I had like a role of where I'm mad or something like that I could channel how this situation is making me frustrated you know
0: Did you meet a lot of other people, like, in the shelters and in your experience with other homeless people that were similar, had similar, like, stories or trajectories like yours?
2: Dreams, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I met a lot of different people that actually have gone through it, though, and those are the people who ended up, like, being, like, really close friends to me. You know, just the strength that they have is, like, you know, something that I could never imagine because they they don't know a lot they don't know like the kind of uh preppy um life that i've i've lived you know coming up the having both fam or having both uh mom and pop in my in my life having you know grandparents that are caring and you know things of that nature so just to see that to see the strength in them it makes me go harder as well
0: so in your experience, right? What would you say people think about homelessness, and what is an aspect of it, like from your experience, that they would never know?
2: Well, from the out from the outside in, the perception is, when you think of a homeless person, you think of someone who can't do anything for themselves, someone who's probably strung out on drugs, someone who who mentally so can't function, and that especially in L.A. County, it's far from that. It's far from that because a lot of people could just lose their jobs, lose, like, whatever, you know, uh, become disabled and, like, become handicapped or whatever. You know, different, different things go on in life, you know, get laid off. It's a lot of different things that go on.
0: So you're, you're housed now and you're moving forward, mm-hmm. right? What do, you, what do you see for yourself, self, like, in the next year?
2: Uh, I see myself continuing to make more, f- um, make more films. I see myself um, continuing my YouTube channel with a buddy of mine. Uh, I'll I'll just give him a shout out, Derek Cooney. Uh, at his ad is Workout Kings uh, Seventeen. So
0: Workout Kings Seventeen. That's yeah. the, the name of the channel.
2: Oh, that's the name of his Instagram. Okay, uh, so let's go ahead and tell me what the his, show is on the channel. His, uh, his channel is uh, Derek Cooney TV. And basically what we do is we go around and we we interview people. Uh, we also talk about like, so Halloween just came by. We're asking people what they're dressed up as, if they're having a good night. Uh, and then also like once Christmas comes, we'll be asking them about Christmas, how they've been doing with COVID and you know, how things going or stuff like that and still making it humorous. And we also do workout videos with it as well. So
0: <laughs> Did you like interviews and then do the workout? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's great.
2: So we try to like mix it up a little bit just because we don't want to be, we want to be a little bit different than other YouTubers. Yeah.
0: So, Sounds hmm. like you're more sincere in a way almost.
2: Of course. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. And that's wow. That's the background I come from. It's just being being from where I'm from it's like I don't really like taking things for granted so yeah
0: that's a really interesting combination like what your background is like having that support and then having gone through what you've gone through it seems like it's kind of made your empathy meter go way up
2: right 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 I've uh I don't know if you read the alchemist but I've always felt like kind of like that you know
0: it's been a long time, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a good book. Yeah. yeah. So when you say spiritual, that's kind of more what your spiritualism is like. What do you.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a firm believer in God and Jesus Christ. Uh, I can't really speak for anybody else, but uh, he's the one that's been helping me out with everything that I've been doing. So, you know, he's the first and foremost, the person that I have to give thanks to. So.
0: Your support network is wide. <laughs> uh, I'm going to open this up a little bit because Lupe's experience and, and Gail's experiences were very different than yours. If you have any questions for Philip or if you have any questions for them, we can just open it up that way. Um, not a question, but I do want to. Um, you can take your mask off because we're far enough away from each other. We're in our, in our, in our COVID studio, which is outside, <laughs> right. which you
1: can hear all around us. <laughs> yeah,
2: <So> Pretty faces.
1: <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> um, I do want to make comment on, um, I never knew what Philip has gone through and I've known him for a while now that I've worked here too it's 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 interesting to hear more about yourself and how you fell into homelessness like we provide services here but I never really it makes me feel a little bad like I never really took that took the time to actually ask you like your background you know
0: (laughs) so it's kind of cool (laughs) i think well here's a question for y'all because sometimes when you're talking to people who are homeless you don't want to like you don't want to tread on that you know because i felt like that's
2: what it was yeah i
0: I
1: didn't want to um i think for me it's mainly like i don't want to trigger anyone into like um feeling bad or like um, open any wounds that they already healed from that's why i never really asked you so it's kind of cool um having to hear it and like uh, understand you better it's it's cool (laughs) I was going to ask you, um, who inspired you to be in acting?
2: <laughs> oh, um, well, I was actually on, uh, I did, like, this play that my mom wanted me to be in, and I was rapping in it. And at first it was going to be theater. I just wanted to do theater. But then I just kept, like, looking at Denzel films because he's my favorite actor. And it was just, like, somebody who could really take control of the screen, could really, like, after you see the movie you'd be like, dang, I really learned something or I really felt that. And that's the same feeling that I want people to feel when I make films and stuff like that. So.
0: so talking about what what kind of an episode you would wanna do, what do you what do you feel like you wanna do?
2: Uh I wanna touch bases with, you know, everything I sort of said about my career and about the different things that I had to go through to get to where I'm at right now. Um, I don't think there is really anything that I want to kind of hold back, but you know, I want to I want to focus more on the journey, not like where I, where I was or where I'm at. You know, I want to mm-hmm. s- focus on the whole scope of things because if somebody can understand your whole scope, uh, somebody can understand your whole journey. Then they won't look at different segments and just try to pick apart that, you know.
0: Right. Take that one sound bite that's going to Right. you know, define mm-hmm. you. We so is there anything that you would want to say that you would want people to know specifically?
2: I just want people to know that uh, if you have a dream really think about the things that really think about, you know, this dream, really think about the things that you might have to go through to do it. And uh, sometimes the path is uh, less walked. Sometimes it's good to go down that route. But if you really feel like you need to do it, then go ahead and do it. Because on, so. sure. on the other side of pain is victory. Okay. So,
0: On the other side of pain is victory. That's the yeah. post that I put today. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. I want that
1: T-shirt. Right, the yeah, calendar. I, mean, I want the whole set. that would be nice. Yeah. Maybe that could be the title for his episode. Oh, there you go.
0: Gail's really good at naming things. That yeah. too. Assist- <laughs> assistant <you>. producer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <Thank you. laughs> well, well, thank you so much for coming out and uh, you know and figuring this out with us. Of course, and, of course. You know, it's really it's really great to meet you.
2: No, yeah, you as well. Yeah.
0: We're so excited to watch Philip's career grow, and we wish him all the best.
1: We've known Philip for a really long time. I've you know. Seen him go through struggles, I've seen him get out of struggles. Um, you know, I'm really proud of him because it takes a lot of time, energy, willpower to really get out of whatever he's going through. So, I'm very proud of him and can't wait to see the success that's in his future.
0: Big shout-out to Gail Alvarez, who is one of our Tay, our transitional-aged youth, but she's also our Tay liaison at the Village, and she's quickly become, you know, an amazing assistant producer. So thank you, Gail.
1: Our theme song is True by Haunted Horses NYC.
0: And we're going to start streaming on the KPFK Podcast Archives at the end of December. So catch us there.
1: As well as our Instagram and connecttopod.net.
0: Thanks for listening. Bye.